0: Our Bible reading this morning uh, begins at the first verse of Isaiah 25. We'll go through a little into Isaiah 26. You'll find it on page 709, 709 in the church Bibles that you'll find in the pew in front of you, hopefully. Isaiah 25. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. You have made the city a heap of rubble, the fortified town a ruin, the foreigners' stronghold a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore strong peoples will honor you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall, and like the heat of the desert. You silence the uproar of foreigners as heat is reduced by the shadow of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless will be stilled. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In this day they will say, surely this is our God, we trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord and we trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. The hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, but Moab will be trampled in their land, a straw is trampled down in the manure. They will stretch out their hands in it, as swimmers stretch out their hands to swim. God will bring down the pride, the proud, despite the cleverness of their hands. He will bring down your high fortified walls and lay them low. He will bring them down to the ground, to the very dust. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. This is the word of the Lord.
1: A very good morning, everybody. Um, if we haven't met, my name's Chris. It's lovely to see you. It uh, might be a chance to say hello and have a chat after the service. Um, let's uh, pray as we look at God's word together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word to us. And really, our prayer is simple, that, that you would open our hearts to receive your word today, and it would go deeply into our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Last week uh, we began thinking uh, about uh, the Christian hope for the future. Uh, And this week I was thinking about it again, uh, but from a slightly different angle, uh, which is uh, what does it mean to wait well for the Christian hope? What does it mean to wait well? Um, waiting is not something uh, we naturally find easy, uh, certainly not all the time. Uh, we all have our breaking points i think i don 't know what that is for you. things that test our patience. The Christian life involves waiting for a savior we don 't yet see, Christ, Jesus Christ, and for a hope that is promised but hasn 't totally arrived yet and that can be challenging I mean frustrating, can be confusing. Is it possible to, to wait well, as a Christian? Uh, well, today to help us with this, uh, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament takes us well. It takes us way, way off into the future. These chapters are well; are considered kind of apocalyptic, really. Um, so they fast forward us way into the future, and the idea is, it's a bit like um, a bit like kind of fast forwarding to the end of a film. You know, you, uh, you see the climax, You maybe a twist in the plot. It means you then watch the film in a different light because you've seen the end. You know, you get that? Well, fast-forwarding to the future through Isaiah helps us to see our life in a different light. And through that, it will help us to wait well for the future. And we need that help because waiting is challenging, frustrating, confusing. Right, three main things today, really. Uh, Three main things, Uh, wait wisely, wait expectantly, and wait securely. So we'll go through these. Uh, So first of all, wait wisely, wait wisely. Uh, For this, we're looking at chapter 25, verses 1 to 5. Now, before I read these verses again, uh, let me kind of just explain. Really, the key to understanding these verses rightly, uh, Isaiah writes about uh, the strong city. You might have picked that up. The strong city. Uh, the strong city is really a it's a symbol for kind of anything and everything that sets itself up in opposition to God, our Creator. So that's all that is evil and it includes anything that makes life difficult for God's people the strong city is symbolic of all of that and so this let me read this this is the future Isaiah shows us from verse 1 lord you are my god i will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things things planned long ago you have made the city a heap of rubble the fortified town of ruin The foreigners' stronghold, a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will honor you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. You have been a refuge for the poor, a shelter for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm. Do you see uh, the, the main picture being painted here in these verses? The strong city that stands for anything against God, far into the future that city will be brought to ruin. Brought to ruin. Uh, perhaps kind of picture in your mind walking kind of very slowly across an enormous expanse of rubble. It's that, that kind of picture in mind. Uh, think perhaps of uh, the Bahamas after the recent hurricane. A horrible kind of picture of destruction. But the strong city will become ruined. Rubble. This will be God's judgment against it. God is saying to his people in these verses, he's saying, as you wait for the future, as you wait for God to save you, because Israel desperately needed saving because it was so morally corrupt, as you wait for God to save you, wait wisely, wait wisely. What does that mean? Well, it means to to look beyond appearances. The world can appear very impressive at times. Yes, I mean, that part of that is you know, great big skyscrapers that we can create, financial centers, armies, institutions, that kind of thing. God is saying, don't be naive. Those things will not last forever. Waiting for the Christian hope means not being seduced by those things. Being part of something big and important can... Uh, feel feels seductive, can't it? You know, you puff your chest out, uh, this feels significant. Ooh, I like this. Be careful, God is saying. Being seduced by the world can dampen your affections for the Lord God. Will you keep waiting for him? Wait wisely. Look beyond appearances. Uh, let's take another example. Um, it's not uncommon for Christians to be told, Christians, you're on the wrong side of history. Have you ever kind of had someone say that or words to that effect? Uh, What does that mean? You're on the wrong side of history. It means, Christians, your beliefs, beliefs in God, in in Jesus Christ as Savior and how that affects life, your, your beliefs belong in the dark ages. You don't need to believe in God anymore. We've matured. We've moved on. Even if you haven't heard people kind of say that kind of thing literally, you can see it in people's faces sometimes. You mentioned you believe in Jesus Christ to bring you to God, and people, well, they back off a little bit. They're just taken a bit by surprise, shock almost. Really? You believe that? I, th- I thought we'd moved on from that. Those reactions can just come across so strong, so confident, so kind of uh, self assured, and can make Christians feel quite foolish. Have I got it so wrong? Should I quit waiting for the Christian hope? But instead, look beyond appearances. Wait wisely. Realize that all opposition to God will become rubble one day. It will. Wait wisely. That's our first section. Wait wisely. Uh, Let's move on to uh, now the next section. Uh, Wait expectantly. Wait expectantly. This is the section, chapter 25, uh, verses 6 to 8. Again, uh, this is the future Isaiah shows us. So from chapter 25, verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations, He will swallow up death forever. The Sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from the earth. The Lord has spoken. What Isaiah is talking about here is this. That in that far off future, one day, all the people of God, all those who trust in Jesus Christ, all the people of God will be with God. It will be like a... A sumptuous feast. God nourishing his people with rich foods. God spoiling his people, you could say. Nothing but the very best of food and wine. It's a glorious picture. Now notice something about who's there at this feast. Look who's on the guest list, as it were. It is a feast of rich food for who? For all peoples. And it's not kind of necessarily kind of every individual person, but... It's people from every conceivable background. All peoples, all nations, verse seven. Everyone represented. That will be there at this feast. And I notice also um, what's not there at this feast. Three things in particular are not there. Verses seven and eight. Death is not there. God will swallow it up forever gone sadness is not there god will personally wipe all tears from people's faces sadness gone and disgrace is not there too his people's disgrace is gone from all the earth think about that for a moment death sadness disgrace it'll all be gone So what is God saying to his people about kind of how they should wait for this wonderful future? Well, he's saying, he's saying wait expectantly, really. Know deeply that if you're trusting in Jesus, this life you're living now, it's as bad as it gets for you. It will only get better. The future will be far, far, far better. It will be utterly wonderful. All God's people, with God, no death, sadness, disgrace... So look ahead for what's to come. Be expectant. Look ahead. It's going to be incomparable. Uh, Think of it this way. Um, Going on holiday. uh, There seem to me to be two ways of going on holiday. Uh, See if you agree. Uh, The first is you do lots of work preparing and getting excited. You do the research, the booking as you plan it. Come up with an itinerary. What are we going to do? Look at Lonely Planet, guidebooks. That's one way. The other way of going on holiday is this. Someone else prepares, and you just turn up at the start. And maybe you have a preference of which of those you do. But, you know, someone else prepares, you just turn up. You haven't been thinking about it or getting excited, but you know it's coming, you'll just think about it when it comes. Now, in one sense, either approach is fine. You know, of course, as long as someone's organized it. But uh, uh, some people would actually say that kind of turning up, just turning up a holiday is best. That's the best way because it helps you focus on your life and work, what's going on beforehand. My life, my work is so busy, I need to focus 100% on that. I don't have time to plan my holiday or get excited about that. I'll do it when I get there. That approach is not how it works with the Christian hope. For the Christian, focusing on the future does not distract us from life and work today, It's not a distraction. It helps our life and work today. Looking ahead, waiting expectantly, it shapes our life and work. It it changes how we wait. Let me give a few ways in which this happens. Um, Well, it definitely gives us perspective, first of all. So it kind of helps us not to stew over the past, helps us to move on, to let go of things, even helps us... It even helps us not to despair totally when we face pain in this life, death, sadness, disgrace, because we know that one day all that will end. We don't totally despair, even though it's hard. So waiting expectantly gives us perspective. It also gives us motivation to love. Uh, For example, uh, remember that this kind of future feast we're hearing about um, will be for all peoples. Remember that? That's what we're waiting for. If we have that vision of God's people in our hearts and in our minds, we'll want to spend much of our lives working towards that vision. We'll want to use our time waiting by deliberately kind of getting to know and love people who are different to us, whatever backgrounds, whether in our own neighborhoods or possibly overseas mission, who knows? So waiting expectantly gives us perspective. It gives us motivation to love. We know who we're going to be with in the future. And it also gives us capacity to love. For example, if we know deeply that death will one day be gone forever, and if we treasure that truth and know the comfort of God's Spirit through that, that increases our capacity of heart, as it were, to, to move towards other people's pain. Waiting for the Christian hope is, is not just kind of waiting in a hospital waiting room, doing nothing to do, just sit out, watch the clock tick by. It's not that. It's not that. No, God wants us to wait actively to get on with what we can in serving him in his world. And waiting expectantly helps us to do that. It gives us perspective, motivation to love, and capacity to love. Wait expectantly. And then our, our final section Our final section. This is a a larger chunk, really. Um, Chapter 25, verse 9, to chapter 26, verse 4. Um, What these verses tell us here is they tell us wait securely. Wait securely. And that's our last main point. Uh, What's happening here is so Isaiah, uh, he's looking ahead to when God's people will receive salvation fully at that feast and then they'll look back on their lives. That's what's going on here. So those who are there at the end, they will look back on their lives and see that, all the while, God kept them secure for salvation through them trusting him. That's what's going on. So look with me at just how much these verses speak of security and trust. Okay. Uh, So in a couple of sections, so from chapter 1, Chapter 25, verse 9 first. This is the future Isaiah shows us. Look at the security and trust here. In that day, they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. This is the Lord, and we trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. And then from the start of chapter 26... Uh, In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Here, God is compared to a rock that lasts forever and ever. Solid, strong, secure, immovable. And the place of God where he will bring salvation and keep his people secure is described as a strong city. Again, solid, strong, secure, immovable. And what a contrast to that so-called strong cities that are now rubble we saw earlier the point of this is that this glimpse way into the future encourages us to trust God sometimes we are tempted to not trust God because we're not convinced he'll really keep us secure and the glimpse into the future just tells us otherwise God really will keep us secure so trust him trust him more deeply than you ever have before wait securely That's the way to wait. Don't wait fretting about whether God will abandon you at the last minute. Don't wait fretting about whether God is powerful enough to hold on to you to the end. Wait securely. Trust that nothing can snatch away from you, your future with God. God guarantees it. Wait securely. That's the way to wait well. So wait wisely, wait expectantly, and wait securely. That's the way to wait. As we start to come towards kind of a close, we must ask, of course, uh, where, where is our Savior in this? Where's our Savior? Where is Jesus Christ here? Yes, he is the one who ultimately we are waiting for. He's ascended to heaven and will come again. We're waiting for him. And yet wonderfully also when not waiting for him. Because if you trust in Jesus for your salvation, you already have him in your heart by his spirit. He is the one who waits with us in all this, in all this waiting. He is, verse three, our perfect peace. He keeps our minds steadfast. So wait securely and wait with your saviour He's with you as you wait. And what's all the more astonishing about this is just how he became our Savior. How did that happen? Well, through the crucifixion. When Jesus was, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he was letting the rubble of God's judgment and wrath the judgment that should have been ours and is ours unless we trust in Jesus. He was letting the rubble of God's judgment come tumbling down on himself. He was crushed for our sins. He let himself be swallowed up by death when it should have swallowed us up instead. That is what makes our hope secure, our hope in God. We wouldn't have a hope if Jesus hadn't given his life for us. And if you're new to the Christian faith, this is the hope that Jesus offers to you and to all. What a saviour we have and can have. How do we wait well? How do we wait well as we wait for our hope? Wait wisely. Wait expectantly. Wait securely. And wait with your saviour, the one who gave his life for you. Wait with your Saviour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these glorious glimpses of the future. Your hope is secure and nothing else is. Help us to trust you deeply from the heart, to to be wise, expectant and secure and so honour your name and how we live as we wait. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.